Welcome to the Proclaim and Defend podcast, a ministry of the Foundations Baptist Fellowship International. We seek to encourage and inform pastors on modern-day topics from a biblical perspective. Our mission is to bring together like-minded Baptists to collaborate in glorifying God through fulfilling the Great Commission. Hi, it's Don Johnson here with the Proclaim and Defend podcast. Our interview today is with Dr. Doug Brown, the Dean of the Seminary at Faith Baptist Bible College and Seminary in Ankeny, Iowa. We recorded the interview in June when we were holding our annual meeting there on the campus of Faith Baptist. I think you'll find his topic interesting, and I'll have him uh, introduce himself, and we'll introduce the topic in just a moment. Before we do that, though, I'd like to remind you to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. Besides the interviews with our frontline authors, we are including messages from our annual meeting, uh, special podcasts from our president, Kevin Shaw, and uh, we are planning for additional podcasts, various topics coming up. Looking forward to being able to host those, interview people of note in the Christian world, people that you might find interesting, I hope. We also uh, want to remind you, this is the plug, we want to remind you to uh, subscribe to our Substack. If you'll subscribe to the Substack, uh, uh, you will receive, you'll have immediate access to the articles from our frontline authors who we've interviewed. And that will uh, enhance uh, the material you're getting from us in that way. If you'll subscribe on an annual basis, we will also include uh, the print subscription of Frontline Magazine delivered direct to your door. Well, that's all we have to say at the introduction. We just want to encourage you to uh, be a regular uh, listener, and we want to encourage you to subscribe to Frontline and, uh, and get as much benefit as you can out of the things that we offer here at the FBFI. And now we'll turn it over to our interview. This is Don Johnson. I'm here with the Proclaim and Defend podcast, and today we have Doug Brown with us. He uh, teaches here at uh, Faith Baptist Bible College and Seminary, and uh, I'm going to let him introduce himself to us in just a second. He wrote an article for us in Frontline called Preparing for Life's Final Transition. It's all about uh, the challenges children face as they assist their aging parents uh, in their declining years. So... That's a big topic, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Doug, first before we get started, and and then we can get to the topic. Sure, it's it's, it's great to be with you. So my name is Doug Brown. Um, I've been teaching here at Faith for 20 plus years. Um, I primarily teach in the seminary. I'm the dean of the seminary, um, but I, I love to teach New Testament mm-hmm. and um, love to disciple people. So I'm also an assistant pastor in the area, mm-hmm. and so I, I work with young people in my church. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a dad, I'm a father of four, I'm also married to my bride of 30 years, mm-hmm. I guess pretty soon it'll be 31 years, yeah. so we're very thankful for family that God has given to us, and um, yeah, I, I, I enjoy discipleship and working with people from evangelism all the way through mm-hmm. and doing, you know, seminary level training. So that's, that's, that's one of my passions. All right. Well, very good. Well, I have a book here that I'll show you when we're, we're done and I'll, we'll have a little chat about that. Anyhow. Uh, so in our home, uh, uh, one of our daughters lives with us. She's teaching a school, uh, locally 
And I turned 65 last year, so she was telling everybody she now lives in a senior's home. So, <laughs> so we don't mind that, of course, because that's what we are. But we aren't quite at the declining stage yet. And so when, uh, when we deal with this life transition, you know, the, the aged parents and, uh, ushering them on into eternity, it's really not a joking matter, is it? It's, it's a challenge to face and a burden for families, isn't it? Yeah. And, and that's true. If, if your parents live long enough and you live long enough, everyone will face this bridge, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's a, um, I think when my mom was in the hospital, she actually passed away recently, um, in February, but the, the, the skilled nurse that took care of, of her was just really, really blunt, but I appreciated that. And he just said, everyone is going to die. Yes. Yes. And I thought, this guy is ready for the gospel. You know, this guy is ready to hear about who Jesus is. But he deals with that every day. Yeah. And it's something that I think we just often push that reality away, mm-hmm. and we don't think it's going to happen to us. Right. And we're not necessarily prepared for that. Yeah. Yeah, I think we sometimes think mom and dad will live forever, don't we? Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or at least we... We act like it, maybe. Mm-hmm. We have, we know it's true, but we don't. Yeah. So, so anyway, in your article, you started out with a biblical perspective on our attitudes towards our parents, which I thought was very helpful. Uh, what would you say is the primary Christian attitude one should have to parents? I think that's pretty simple: is that you know we should honor right. our mother and father. And I think that when you start to consider that in the Old Testament, and you see it played out in the New Testament, um. It doesn't matter what dispensation you're in, children are supposed to honor their parents, and it's a lifelong commitment. It's a lifelong way to glorify God mm-hmm. by honoring your mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And so that takes different shapes and, and when you're younger. And then when you start getting older, to, to, to think through what that looks like, I do think it, it does helping them and assisting them and even maybe even taking care of them in their, in their older age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's absolutely true. And uh, I follow up to that though. So what about, uh, uh, ad- adult converts to Christianity who have very difficult aged parents who are, you know, they're not Christian parents perhaps. And there's been a history of a lot of issues. What, how should they approach it? Yeah. I mean, I know every situation is unique. Um, but I think, I think the, the question that we should be asking ourselves is how can I glorify God most in the situation that we have? Right. And it may not be, I, well, I, I would say this, even within Christian families where everybody's a Christian, yes. sometimes there's a lot of difficult issues. Yeah. And I think, you know, you're, you're a pastor. You've probably seen this when someone is approaching death, it, it can either bring the family together or it can often divide the family mm-hmm. or show long-term fissions between siblings and parents. Um, and that's actually a question that I've started asking people when they say that their, their mother or father are passing away or have passed away is, you know, what about your family? Did they come together mm-hmm. or was it a hard funeral? Was it a hard mm-hmm. time for the family to come together? And I think that that, you know, God can use those events to maybe bring the gospel to someone mm-hmm. or maybe show grace when they probably don't deserve it, maybe mercy when they don't deserve it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So I think they can be, it can be a healing time for a family. Yeah. That would be ideal, certainly. And I've, I've various points in my career, either as a pastor or even in the secular, when I had secular jobs, you see families approaching it and sometimes it can be a real, I mean, it just compounds problems sometimes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so you had some very practical and helpful points that I think everyone should think about as they face this transition. So, on a, and this sort of ties into what we were just saying. One question that comes to mind is the sibling question. So, usually, it, you know, one sibling and uh, his and spouse end up being the primary caregiver or decision maker. Uh, and in your article, you emphasize keeping everybody in the loop, which I think is absolutely, you know, you gotta let people know what's going on. That otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people are afraid and suspicions maybe could arise or whatever. But, uh, so even in Christian families, disagreements might arise. Would you have some advice as how to head this disagreement off before it happens? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think the, the, the problem with elderly parents is they kind of reach a point where they can't necessarily make all the, sh- they can't make all the calls. Right. And, so then you are left to the kids making some of the decisions for mm-hmm. them. So I, I actually think it was wonderful for my wife's parents. They came and lived with us. But when they they actually did a lot of the planning ahead of time, and it was very, very, very helpful for all the siblings to know. Um, I wish they had actually done even more, though. You know, right, I mean, right. it, 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 they had done a, a great job, and we made... Decisions with we were able to make some decisions with them, but I think if the parents can actually express their intentions, either in writing or get you know maybe like mm-hmm. a family Christmas time and say, hey, I know this isn't what you want to talk about, but this is kind of some of the things that we're going to map out, and even to get the legal help and the you know to get the the right counsel so that they can actually start to map out things. That's um, right. And I think one of the biggest issues. Is not only care but also property. Yes. Yes. It's crazy to think (laughs) how divisive that can be. I've I've just, with so many different estates, there's often just a huge division that can come up, even among Christian siblings, over something that is just, just it's just a little bit of money. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, or maybe it's a lot of money, but it, but, the, but the point is is that, that that the parents weren't super clear in their intentions. So I That's think right. if the more you can think this through and plan it out, the the more you're actually giving a gift to your kids. That's a good idea. And actually, they uh, maybe uh, all of us should be thinking about this as we as we approach our own yes. age. You yes. Know, like they always tell you, have a will. Well, okay, so we've got one. But now as I look back, you no, know, I was talking about my little kids. I need to. Change how Update that, things. yeah, that's right, how that's mm-hmm. set up. So that's well worth that. And, 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 and those things change, right? You know, yeah. I had a will, it was like 20 years ago or 30 years ago, I think. You yeah. Had, so you're like, you gotta really stay on top of it. Yeah, that's, that's good, good point. So, um, uh, oh, right. So in my, in light of my question about unsaved, difficult unsaved parents, what about difficult unsaved siblings? <laughs> which can, you know, like even if your parents lay things out, this is what I, I've seen situations where, you know, they put a, a, you know, a power of attorney, they've got everything set up, and yet there's that one who's just obstinate and 
whatever you do is wrong. And, uh, you know, and, that, and at this point, mom and dad are past being able to make a legal decision for themselves. Yeah. So hopefully the mom and dad have entrusted someone who has good judgment. And I, I think, you know, if you think through your priorities, number one, you want to glorify God. Number mm-hmm. two, you want what's best for your mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, not to get too personal, but even in our own family, we had to make some decisions that some siblings disagreed with. Mm-hmm. And, but we, my wife and I said, we, we, we believe this is what's best for mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you're doing it, what's best for them, you can always take the considerations of others, but you have to consider what is, if you're the primary caregiver, like, you know, mm-hmm. power of attorney and all those different things, I think it's just absolutely imperative that you do what's the best for in their interest. Yeah. Do you think that for a family, I didn't write this down, but do you think that uh, there should be one person that's sort of charged with that? If, if you think that's wise? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I think that because I, and I, I think my wife and I, we like to gather information and collaborate with the siblings. We don't just make unilateral decisions. Right. But at the end of the day, if there's disagreement, you still have to make the decision. Somebody has to decide. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you can't please everybody. You can't, you know, it's, you can't please Mm-hmm. Everyone, I think the most, and I, like I said, if you say I, I want to be able to stand before the Lord one day and say, hey, we did what was, we thought was the absolute best for our parents, right? And would bring you the most glory, right? I think that that's, you know, at the end of the day, your conscience needs to be clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So now another thing that you mentioned in the article, which we want to talk about here, is uh, you had mentioned outside help coming in, like. Obviously, there's uh, parents who are aging who sometimes are able to carry on without any real, you know, extra nursing or things like that, and the family's able, and then they just pass on in their sleep, and that's very wonderful way to go, isn't it? But but that doesn't always work. So sometimes you've got a a parent who, you know, maybe they they need a, a lift and they need somebody who knows how to use the lift to help them to even use the washroom or to get clean and maintain their, you know, sort of some kind of standard of life. So uh, I have, uh, my question is, uh, could you maybe expand on the possible sources of outside help there? Like, the, do you <laughs> have you run across that, or do you know anything about that? Yeah, I mean, a little bit of the story was when my in-laws were living with us. My mother-in-law passed away, but, but my father-in-law continued to live with us for many months, and... Um, my wife was the primary caregiver. I helped, mm-hmm. um, but it was almost reaching a point where my wife was just getting exhausted mm-hmm. and it was, you know, she was getting very little sleep and it was just kind of reaching a point where she just was, she had no sabbatical. She had no, mm-hmm. she had no rest. Yeah. She's not no time off. Exactly. Yeah. It's, and, and I think, so then I just realized we needed to hire someone to come in. And so we just hired someone to come in for 24 hours, one day out of the week. Mm-hmm. And, um, thankfully my father-in-law had some funds and we were able to kind of pay for that out of his funds, but it, it's expensive. Yes. We, what we did is we just hired, um, two people in my church who 
two two young men and they did two 12 hour shifts mm. and they were they were thankful to do that kind of like on a Friday night Saturday mm-hmm. and it kind of gave my wife a break where she right. could get out of the house she could yeah. rest she could get a really good night of sleep yeah and I, I think I, I think what people do is they underestimate how, how much how much you will expend and how, how exhausting it can be to yeah. care for someone full time. And it, yeah. it, it was a joy. We wouldn't replace that with anything, yeah. but it's also, it reached a point where we couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. So then we had to start thinking outside. Yeah, and, exactly. And so there are a lot of companies that will provide people to come in for and spell you and things like that. Another thing that we did is we just let some people in our church know, mm-hmm. and we had people in our church that would come and sit with Larry mm-hmm. and help him mm-hmm. and give us a chance to maybe go out on a date sure, or, you know, be able to get yeah. away for part of a day. Yeah. And, and a lot of people in our, if you have a loving church, being a part of a church community, I think that, you know, that the often will, they will chip in and, and help out. Yeah. And, um, That's a good point. And we probably should, uh, you know, even those of us in the in the pastorate should be, you know, watching and encouraging. Say, hey, could you help somebody out or go help yourself if you if you can, right? Just to give them a break, right? So yes, yes. So anytime I hear someone's doing caregiving in their home, I'm thinking, um, are they getting help? Yeah. Are they getting enough help? Yeah, getting enough sleep. Getting exactly. Enough. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. uh, and I know, um, like my parents, they. They ended up moving across the street from my brother. And my family was, they were, oh, yeah, we'll do it. And I said, well, yeah, but they're, it's going to get harder, you know. And, yeah. uh, and you know, thankfully, they they, gave, they were very giving. But, you know, my wife would go up and spell my sister-in-law and my uh, my sister would go up and so forth. But, you know, you have to make that commitment, right? So I think, I think. Another thing, just along the lines of communication with that, is if it's a if it's going to be a joint effort like that, I would write it down. Yeah. And spell it out so that everybody's in agreement, so that later there isn't um, confusion. Yeah, or resentment. You, you know, you you never did anything, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know, and the thing is, like mom and dad, my mom and parents gave me the authority, but they were living three hours north up there with them, right? So that was a, that could present. I mean, thankfully, it didn't present much of a an issue, but that could present an issue for. for absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, because you know, the doctor they have to ask me about decisions, right? And they're the ones that are there. So yeah, so. Yeah, maybe that was, and that was, that might have been not a thing we did that was quite as wise as it could have been just, just because of the way it worked out. All right. So let me just, uh, say, um, all right. So you, okay. So you mentioned the outside agencies that help, uh, that can help. Like there's, I know there's nursing, I don't know, companies that provide these people. And, and you had a couple of young fellows that helped out from the church. Uh, but, um, so are there challenges that you might face, like philosophy or even, you know, just the way they approach, if you're using something, not Christian helpers, but just say a, a care agency, what, any challenges that, have you faced that? And that kind you know, of? everyone that we brought in to watch our, my in-laws were believers. Okay. And then like, for example, even with my parents, there was a, a neighbor 
that mm -hmm. came in and helped considerably. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it just kind of grew and they began to love my mom and dad and they started taking on, but they, but they were motivated because they love Christ. Right. And so I think, you know, I think that you can find people who are, we, we did have some people come in and help my mom and dad that were um, from an agency or just like maybe their mm -hmm. insurance would pay for a, a right. few hours per week. Right. And there were challenges there. I think sometimes when, um, I think, uh, the, the best caregivers are people who love people and care for the people. Right. If they're just doing a job, it's never going to be, right. it's never going to be something that your parents enjoy. Um, you know, people, you know, they, are they considerate of their, yeah. you know, even things like, you know, a lot of times they have to do things like maybe wash them, mm -hmm. but are they going to do it considerately and, right. and, and without hurting them? Right. Um, and pride issues too, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, and sometimes it gets harder with parents because if, especially if they have dementia, they don't always understand what's going on. And then it gets, you almost have to have someone who knows how to handle that. Yeah. And so training is, is a big factor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And another thing that as, uh, we observed is that as parent, they're, they get stubborn about something. But somebody, well, I don't know, it was one of the caregivers pointed out, this is the last point they can be independent. Like, yes, you know, they have, they can't drive, they can't go out, they can't, but now I'm going to be independent about this issue, which is silly, right? Yeah. Your world, as you get older, just starts getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. And, you know, eventually when we took my dad to the, to the care center, you know, it's basically like a couple suitcases. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And you leave everything else behind. And it's just kind of a, I think it's kind of a foreshadowing of heaven, you know, yeah. you leave everything behind here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, what's really important will last. Right. Okay. So I mentioned that both your father and father-in-law had challenges with Parkinson's or, or something similar to that. Mm -hmm. And my dad had that as well. So, so, um, now, how do chronic conditions like that, and sometimes they deteriorate, but how do they affect relationships? Uh, and how do you sort of maintain loving care through those kind of challenges? <laughs> yeah, and my mom had dementia, so right, yeah. I think it is... It, I don't necessarily know if I have all the answers for that. Okay. I think it, 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 it is something where... Um, between my brother and myself, we often take my dad to like appointments and neurologists and stuff like that. And there's only kind of a, you reach a certain point where medicine really doesn't help anymore. Yeah, you know, it can yeah. kind of manage things a little bit, but yeah. it doesn't really help. And so I think the, one of the biggest challenges is, is getting your parents to accept what's happening in their body yeah. and, and to say, Hey, listen, I don't think it's probably good to walk without a walker or yes. it's not a good idea to like you said, you mentioned driving, you know, yeah. that was a battle with, yeah. with parents is, is okay. When do we draw the line here? Yeah. And thankfully we were able to kind of navigate that without any major accidents or yes. anything like that. But, yes. um, <laughs> I know. I mean, I just hope I've seen that with mom and dad and I just hope I am of sound mind to know it's time to quit. Yes. You're giving up big independence then. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and, um, 
there's a gentleman in our church who's a hundred wow. and he, he gave up driving somewhere in his nineties and everyone knew in the church he should give it up, but he, he had to kind of come to that, that mindset. Well, you know, he figured out how to use Uber, <laughs> you know, so he's, he's still got some independence Yeah, he still can get to a restaurant and, All right, there you is. know, people in our church pick him up for church. And I mean, they're, I think to try to be creative with parents to say, Hey, you know, we will still go and make that Walmart run or yeah, we'll still get out Yeah, is, is important. Yeah. I think that's important too. Absolutely. And I think it's important that, uh, Maybe another thing that we should talk about is, you know, like the way ministry goes, sometimes uh, young people or the children are off, you know, thousands of miles away from their hometown and, and mom and dad are starting to need help. So, you know, maybe it's hard for them to move into a whole new, you know, for older people to move, but maybe if they move where their kids are, if that's possible, that might be a wise, because there's, they know there's somebody who loves them, they can... Yes. Make those steps for them. And that's kind of what we did. You know, we, with my, my, my parents-in-law, my wife and I and her siblings and the, and, and also they made a decision. We, we reached a point where they said, well, I can't, they can't live at home anymore. Right. Do they move into a care center or do we move into one of the siblings? And so we talked about that for a few weeks mm-hmm. and we finally came to the decision that it would be in the best interest for, for them. And we were willing to take mm-hmm. them. So we, we moved them to where we were, mm-hmm. but that entailed us moving into a new home. Right. <laughs> yes. And so that was complex. Yes. Um, and so it started, uh, you know, a many months journey to, to get our house sold, move into a new house Yeah. that could accommodate them. We had, you know, stairs in our other one. And now we, you know, had, we needed a more of like a ranch home. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, yeah, that's that. Those are all things that uh, have to be thought about, don't they? That's really yeah. amazing. And and the, and the main thing is that you know we have to love God and love them, and that's and yes. honor, as you said, honor honor your parents. Yes. So, um, yeah, the last thing I had here was one of the most devastating challenges is dementia and Alzheimer's and memory issues. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, Parkinson's. My dad resisted. I was, you know, well, it's the Lord's will. You're going to just, you have to commit yourself to this, right? This is where you are. But so he was, you know, he didn't, he had a little dementia towards the end, but, but the, uh, but I've been following Shelley Hamilton's writing. I don't know if you mm-hmm. have yourself mm-hmm. about this. And so what would be some, some, just on that area, some biblical advice of dealing with the challenges as people are. You know, sometimes they even forget who you are. You're, you know. Yeah. So my mom was, I think what I've read or what I've understood is that there's seven stages of basically Alzheimer's. And right. my mom passed away. She caught COVID and passed away. Oh dear. Yeah. Um, just this last February. And she was at stage six. Mm-hmm. I think she only recognized five people in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, one of them was me, yeah. um, my dad. We were thankful they were able to stay together um, because I think if she had reached stage seven, she probably was going to have to move out of his room mm-hmm. at the care center and have her own place. Right. Um, just because she wouldn't recognize him. Right. You know, here's a strange yeah, man well, in my room. Yeah. What's he so, doing in here? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it is hard. I do think... Um, 
I, I think you can just kind of, you kind of enjoy the moments that you do have where they kind of have, kind of comes in waves where maybe yeah. the memory might come back a little bit. Yeah. And so you're, hey, you're having a good day and you can remember more of this day. Mm-hmm. And so I think that those are really, really precious times to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what we had to learn is that, that there's a whole another level of care to give to someone who's in a, you know, a memory mm-hmm. situation. Right. And I, 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 you know, I go almost every day to visit my dad in the care center right now. Mm-hmm. And you now so many people in there are lonely. Yeah. Have no one to come in and see them. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I'm so thankful for people that are at, that are, you know, they know how to handle those situations to the best, you know, and I, I'm just thankful that there are places available that can help families deal yeah. with those kind of situations. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's a, it's difficult. There's yes. no doubt about it. Yeah. It's hard. It is hard, but it is a part of life and, and we can glorify God in that as well as every other stage that is much more interesting and exhilarating. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, for sure. But even just, you know, through scripture reading, maybe Christian music, mm-hmm. um, you know, even toward the end, my mom, even the, the, the day before she, the day she went to the hospital, we were playing music and she was tapping her toe to right. some Christian hymns. Amen. And, uh, you know, she would, she enjoyed that aspect of things, even though she couldn't remember the words. Yes. She still uh-huh. could, enjoyed the music and enjoyed, you know, yeah. Um, and when we would pray, I would point upwards and she would just point upwards and she yeah. kind of knew she had a consciousness of God still. Right. But, uh, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Well, what a, uh, there's so many things that we could say, but I do appreciate it, your article. And I think, you know, one of the big things in your article was a lot of good practical advice for families about what to do. Yeah. You know, things to prepare for. I think that's, people really need to, I mean, your article, there's more that could be said, but your article gives at least, a start so that people yeah. start thinking about this. And I'm not a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't we want should to, say that right. I'm not giving legal advice, but I would say you definitely need to contact an estate lawyer. Yeah. And you need to contact someone who has, you know, who can help. That uh, you know, I, I could tell you some crazy stories we've had with. I'm I'm power of attorney with my dad, and um, so is my brother, and so we've just had these incredible obstacles working mm. with financial institutions. Yes. Um, yeah. As I have to say, even though you get the legal things in place, there can be still insanity at the bank level where they, anyway, we could go on about that, but yeah. let's not. <laughs> but, but I think the, the thing is, and I think you've said it too, and I just, it's just that it's mom and dad can prepare for that while they're yeah. vibrant. Yeah. And they can lay it out so that it's easier for your kids. If yeah. You, if, you, if you love your kids, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you care for your kids and you care for the unity of your family, plan these things out ahead of time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's right. That's very important. Well, as we said, uh, much more could be said about uh, all of these things. And uh, I fully sympathize with you uh, in all of these challenges. I'm, uh, both of my in-laws and my parents have all gone now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I highly recommend your article for that's uh, good advice. So thank you, Doug Brown. I appreciate very much for your writing this and then taking the time for yeah. this interview. So I'd like to encourage our listeners to pay for a subscription to the Proclaim and Defend Substack so you can read the full article itself right away. 
If you purchase a yearly subscription, we'll send you the print version of Frontline as well. She will get to see many more great articles like this one. This is Don Johnson signing off with Doug Brown on this edition of the Proclaim and Defend podcast. This has been the Proclaim and Defend podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and give us a good review. If you want to learn more about the FBFI, check out our website at fbfi.org or our blog, Proclaim and Defend, at proclaimanddefend.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Proclaim and Defend podcast.